0: welcome to Fed Talks. I'm your host, EJ Fellow. How was how was your Thanksgiving? Boy, it's 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 been a while. I know last week, you know, there was an episode, but it was the Cranksgiving commentary track, so we had to head straight into Statham Talk. And I missed last week I think I missed the week or the week before that rather. At least I, I think I did. Um, due to due to chaos, uh Look, there's a situation with a raccoon that got into my house and did a lot of damage. Uh, and I am not ready to talk about that yet until I hear from insurance and uh, manage to get a little bit of a handle on the situation. But it's it, it's been a gosh darn nightmare. Um, that's me talking like a guy from Fargo. Um... Yeah, I don't, I don't feel like getting into the raccoon just now. Uh, it, it was weird. Uh, we're, we'll catch up on some other stuff instead. There's a, there's a lot of movies to talk about. But first, uh, I want to get it out of the way first before I start talking about nerd stuff. Because uh, he's not going to want to listen any further than that. Uh, but we, we have to have a, a very special Brad's Corner. Uh, Brad, a a, I would say, fan favorite among listeners,, uh, uh, my friend Brad, has, uh, he's started his own business. He started his own architecture studio, which seems crazy that a person I know can do that. Uh, just to just to back out of Brad's quarter for a second. Every once in a while, people I know, do these kind of amazing things that uh, I cannot wrap my head around. Like, like Brad started a a business, like a real, a real deal business. Or, you know, I have, I have friends who are raising children, which is unfathomable to me, or, you know, you know, some super talented people who make these amazing things. And uh, I, uh, it's very intimidating but uh, my, my self-loathing aside, it's very cool that Brad did that. Uh, now, it's important to note, Brad is not a sponsor of this podcast. Uh, he, he, he doesn't want to go down that route. And uh, honestly, I don't know how many, how many of you are in the market for an architect. And you kind of have to live in the area. Uh, so, you know, it's not a good advertising buy for him. But here is a thing you can do. That would, that would help is uh, uh, Brad does not like social media. Uh, he famously had to start a Facebook page for a class he was taking, and he misspelled his own name so nobody would find him. And then the only person he friended was the guy who sells mushrooms at the farmer's market. But he has set up an Instagram account for his business, uh, and he's not super active but if you follow it that's going to help with with seo it's going to put him up in search results it's more likely people will see his you know it'll pop up in the feed so here's the here's here's the nice easy thing you can do is you if you are on instagram you can follow ambient architecture studio all one word well i mean it's three words but they're all run together Follow them. Get his follower count up. Um, he's not going to fill your timeline with stuff. He he's, does not uh, care for social media. He will rarely be posting. But it'll help Brad out. And um, when you're in Brad's corner, what else are you going to do? You're going to help Brad out. So do that uh, ambient architecture studio. Uh, I guess in other, in other uh, Friends of EJ News... And I'm only telling you this because I made a good joke that I, I want to get out there. A, a friend of mine got COVID for the first time. Uh, I, I don't know why I'm not naming them. Uh, probably it is, They're never going to listen to this, but it is also, you know, maybe they just don't want me using their name. Uh, and she, she texted me a picture of her COVID test with the caption, pregnant with COVID. Which first, for a second, I thought, I I read as, oh no, pregnant and has COVID? That's two surprising pieces of news. And then I realized it was just because a COVID test looks like a a pregnancy test. So my reply was, that's the second worst kind of pregnancy. (laughs) Guys, I'm a good and supportive friend, right? Yeah, that's. You're really getting your money's worth out of me. Um, uh, uh, You know, as long as I'm just just tooting my own horn for having said funny things. uh, A friend of mine got jury duty. Uh, uh, A friend of the pod, Sean, who was on uh, the Frisky Dingo episode. He is on jury duty for a murder trial. Uh, and I received a text notifying me of this and I replied with won't they have to recuse him Sean is famously anti-murder oh man okay I'm the worst Um, hey a couple other uh, pro- projects uh, one project and one potential project that I'll just tell you about uh, I started a TikTok uh, yes I know at the age of 47 that's a cool thing to do I'm old and I'm visibly uncomfortable on camera. Clearly, that's the way to go. Uh, but the account is EJ Fetis, just like all of my socials. And the premise is that I'm doing it like a movie review show, but I am doing kind of... Uh, calling them comedy sketches is a little generous, but I'm reviewing movies incompetently. Uh, in the first one, I review Night and Day, which came out 12 years ago, so... Clearly, I'm super worried about logic. And, uh, but I keep referring to Tom Cruise as Todd Cruise. And, and there's one where I review, I claim to have seen a, a, a preview of Ant Man 3 or a, a preview showing. But uh, the, the, the premise is that I saw the trailer and thought that was the entire movie and then got up and left. Uh, and my review is that it's really short and disjointed. Um, So I'm going to try to do at least one of those a week. Uh, I don't really know how TikTok works. I don't know how to get people to see anything. I don't know. Uh, But I I wrote some and I'm just going to do them because it's funny. And at least I'm having fun so far. Uh, And people haven't been too mean. Uh, They haven't been all the way not mean. But they've been mostly not mean. Um, And... This is, I'm kicking this around, and if anybody out there has any insight or or can point me in the right direction, uh, my friend Becky was. Uh, uh, she was listening to one of the more recent episodes where I talked about Black Adam, and I was, you know, how I dig in on superhero stuff. And I you know I think I was explaining the Shazam Captain Marvel thing or whatever, and. Uh, as she told it she was listening to it thinking oh her nephew would enjoy this he likes superheroes he would like getting this information and then I started talking about boners <laughs> which which definitely sounds like me I don't remember the 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 specifics in which Boners came up but uh, history would suggest they probably did uh, but, Becky was thinking I should do, like, YouTube videos because her, her niece and nephew love watching YouTube stuff and just do, like, you know, there's there's people who do them, like, like explainer videos or, you know, hey, is, here's some stuff you need to know about Red Hulk or, or whatever. And I started to think that could be fun, especially if I sort of, like, a lot of those, uh, the comic stuff especially is kind of kind of goes in the super nerd direction and it, it tries to be very predictive of, of storylines and potentially spoil movies for people who go in not knowing much about these characters. Whereas I think what I would want to do is kind of aim at, at at kids and try to try to, to bring up like fun facts and maybe uh, give them a little history of, of like if, if there's a movie coming out, I can get into some backstory or just um, you know, like uh, things that are different in the comic and uh, cool things about this character. And I think that would be fun to do. The only problem is I really would have to do some video editing because I certainly don't want to be on camera the whole time. And children do not want to look at uh, uh, their oldest uncle telling them about the Doom Patrol so, I mean, it would just be rudimentary stuff like showing panels of comics to illustrate what I'm, I'm talking about. But I don't know how to do any of that. So, if anybody has, like, knows of like, free or cheap software that an idiot can use to just put together a three minute video with minimal flash, uh, hit me up, uh, fedtalks at yahoo.com. Or most of my listeners know me personally, so you've got other ways you can reach me. But I think that might be fun. You know, and just sort of get in like like I I wanna do one I think it's important that kids know that in the seventies there was a brief period when uh, for Superman to use his powers he had to mentally connect with a child's pet links. Um that was that was that was like a six the six month status quo of Superman and it was wild and it's been completely forgotten. But and this is important, uh If you remember in in all of the modern Superman movies, Superman kills his enemy uh, and the the response is, well, that's part of Superman's history. He used to do that. He literally had to had to psychically connect with a lynx more times than he's killed somebody in his entire history. So that's a more valid part of, of Superman backstory than him snapping a neck. And yet nobody has the courage to put that in a movie but I think that would be fun if that's something you'd like to see let me know if it's something you know how I can make also let me know because I am kind of at my limit with TikTok which is just pressing record and pointing the phone in my general direction um okay I think that's that's it for that business uh we'll talk about the raccoon and overall mental health check in uh probably next week uh although both situations not great Uh, Actually, here's a, here's the thing I've, I'm just, I'm just kind of putting the pieces together is, uh, when I am, uh, very, various stages of depressed, which we've talked, I've talked about it before. I don't expect people to have listened to every episode, but I didn't really know that was my problem until I saw it on BoJack Horseman. And, uh, I just thought everybody had that the voice in his head that the voice in their head that tells them how much they suck all the time, and it was weird that nobody on TV talked about it. But you also don't see people on TV pooping, and we all do that. But no, so it's a it's a thing. But when and I have been able to sort of uh, uh, <laughs> this is so wanky and nobody cares it makes sense of various times in my life now that I know that's a thing and. One thing I've noticed is when I'm depressed, I sort of hyper fixate on some specific form of media, uh, which is probably not super healthy, but it's more healthy than fixating on a person, probably, because nobody wants that. Uh, I've talked about before how start of the pandemic when lockdown began, I watched the HBO Perry Mason series 52 times uh, over the course of about four months. And at other times in the past, I have, I, I can track now that that's what was happening. Where I'd I'd watch the same movie over and over, or uh, in my senior year of college, which I am, I knew something was wrong then. I was, yeah, I was I was barely getting through the day then. And I remember I went through this period of a few months where the only thing I did with my free time is I would read *The Question*. Which is a, a DC series about the... It's the guy that Rorschach was based on. And then this version of the question was based on Rorschach. Or a, a response to Rorschach. Look, we'll save that for the explainer video. But it was this... I mean, genuinely, probably one of my three favorite DC series still to this day. It was this amazing series. But all I wanted to do was read it. The, you know, 36 issues, two annuals... Uh, a 10 years later follow up with Azrael you know it wasn't a huge thing but like as soon as I read all the way through the series I would just start it again rather than read something new or do something else with my time and um, you know and then I remember in, in high school when I got so obsessed with the Rolling Stones and I had to get every Rolling Stones album even the ones that are bad and like you know which ones are bad going in even pre internet just a little bit of awareness uh, you you'd know, you'd know which ones uh, were not worth buying. And I'm like, no, I have to have goat's head soup. No, you you don't have to. Nobody needs to have goat's head soup. Why would you? So, my point is that's just been a thing. And uh this. <laughs> so, I I've mentioned before recently how I've just sort of discovered how much I enjoy Hellboy. Uh And I read all of the Hellboy comics uh, four or five months ago, maybe. And uh, then I started getting into the spinoffs. Because there's been like 30 years of Hellboy stuff that I didn't really read. I was only sort of vaguely aware of. And now I'm I'm reading it like crazy to the exclusion of of most other things I read. And I have read maybe 2,000 pages of Hellboy-related comics in the last six to eight weeks and uh so I don't know man that's where my head's at at least uh for this right right now instead of redoing the same thing over and over I'm reading things that are new to me uh and also still getting in my tv watching so it's (laughs) my my depression induced media consumption has become healthier um I don't know why I'm sharing this. I think I feel better having said it. And uh, also, it turns out uh, the Hellboy spinoffs are real good. And reading them in the haphazard order that I am, where it's just whatever book they reprint, I just grab. And uh, uh, so I I get to make these connections that happened years apart. And uh, when that that, uh, ghost monkey in the jar from Lobster Johnson showed up in BPRD, I lost my mind. Okay, nobody's listening now. Let's. I watch some movies, guys. We're gonna. These will be quick because I don't want to. They're recent, and I don't want to spoil anything. But uh, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, uh, the last Marvel movie of the year. Um, it's real good. I'll say that. Uh, it's it's a little too spoilery to say too much about it. Uh, it is awkward in the sense that it is dealing with the real life death of the actor who played T'Challa Chadwick Boseman and it deals with it well but a lot of the script as it exists was written for T'Challa and then characters are swapped in as needed and I can see where maybe they didn't have the ability to do a page one rewrite but you can see where, where it works better with him Uh, because I think it was probably originally written with with T'Challa and Shuri representing counterpoints. Uh, Whereas in this, Shuri has to change her mind several times and be her own counterpoint. Uh, And there are scenes that introduce uh, uh, Riri Riri Williams, uh, who I don't think they ever get around to calling Ironheart, but she builds a suit armor, that's her name in the comics. Uh, Shuri and... There, there's enough scenes with her and Shuri, and it's like, oh, both of these characters are, are, are smart mouthed tech geniuses who are young women of about the same age. And like a, a contrast might have been useful to, you know, have a more more stoic uh, T'Challa in there. Uh, that said, it, it still works very well. Uh, and uh, it introduces Namor, who is a character I don't care about at all. There are no good Namor comics. Uh, he's boring. He's worse Aquaman. And what they do with him is, is new and cool. And without, uh, without digging too much into it, one big thing, simply making him a, a displaced indigenous person as opposed to a bratty white guy who wishes his kingdom were bigger, uh, makes him a better character immediately and just to with Black Adam I talked about how you sometimes have you have to acknowledge when things look silly so then they can be cool and the thing is Namor has little wings on his ankles that he flies with and that is objectively silly and unlike the usual Marvel thing nobody acknowledges that it's silly but uh, whereas that didn't work in Black Adam for Hawkman and his silly mask and wings somehow they made it seem regal and it worked and it's like yep no I'm I'm on board this man is flying with tiny little ankle wings and yet it looks awesome uh, and maybe that comes down to Ryan Kugler is just a really good director um, I'll maybe talk more about it later but I got a lot to, I got a lot to cover and uh, I'm already burning up a lot of time uh, I saw two two movies this weekend that are in limited release. Uh, Glass Onion, the sequel to Knives Out, which is only playing for a week and then coming to Netflix next month, which is ridiculous because every showing around town sold out. Uh, this thing could be a hit. I don't know why they don't want money. Uh, this streaming model of movies is a mess, but I think it's also what people expect. But you're also actually cutting into what your movie makes with that model. And I don't know. I don't know what the way out of it is. But so if you didn't get a chance to see it in this very brief window, uh, Netflix, December 23rd, it's great. If you like the first one, this one's fantastic. Loved it. It's so much fun. It's also kind of secretly about what a piece of shit Elon Musk is. So that is a fun thing to unfold. Uh, our friend Dave Bautista from Guardians of the Galaxy is really funny in it. Uh, uh, Catherine Hahn, uh, uh, Ed Norton. Boy, a lot of Marvel people, huh? Um, uh, Leslie Odom Jr., there's, uh, Janelle Monae, just a bunch of terrific people, and Daniel Craig is so fun. Like, he is clearly having the time of his life doing this ridiculous Cajun accent and just being the best. I loved it. I had such a great time. And I also saw... This is another limited release. I know a lot of places aren't getting it until February, so this might be the Oscar qualifying run where they're trying to get it out before Avatar. Uh, The Fablements, which is Steven Spielberg's autobiographical movie. And... If you've seen the trailers or know anything about Steven Spielberg, it kind of has the vibe that it w- it's gonna be about the magic of cinema and there are truly only two scenes of young Steven Spielberg watching a movie uh, one of which traumatizes him and he's he's making movies, but to tell his story requires that since that's what he did. but it is very much about very much about his parents' relationship and uh, like you can kind of see hints of it in some of his other work that uh, it was not the healthiest upbringing and I don't know, I found it really fascinating and moving and uh, Spielberg still got his fastball man. It's great. It made me cry. Uh, It's it's really beautiful without hitting all the cliches that you assume it will, and uh, it's weird to think about because you sort of think of Steven Spielberg as being a guy who was successful immediately, and uh, and since he's kind of a closed book on anything personal, you know, there's a lot of stuff in there about he was the, you know, they moved to a school where he was the only Jewish kid, and he was. Uh, uh, hassled and uh, subject to anti-Semitic insults every day and it's like wow you don't really think of that as part of his history simply because he he doesn't seem like a guy who has a history outside of making movies uh, it's great when you get a chance to see it you should check it out uh, the poster is bad and the preview makes it look like it's going to be a bunch of cliches but it's it's genuinely amazing Uh, This was not a movie, but just a quick TV thing is uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which is it's so fun. Uh, There's no reason it should work. I mean, it's got straight up Christmas songs. Drax wears a Christmas sweater. Uh, Kevin Bacon plays himself. And it is it is just absolutely a delight. It's it's James Gunn writing and directing. So, you know, he knows the Guardians better than anybody in the world. And uh, it sets up some, like uh, Cosmo the space dog from the collector's uh, collection. I guess is appears to be a regular member of the team now. A dog in an astronaut suit. Yes, please. Uh, and there, there's like all these little little touches that are really nice. Like you can tell see that Nebula and Rocket are closer uh, than. They were in the other Guardians movies because they were the only ones who survived Thanos and they spent five years together and they now have this history together. And they don't make a big deal of it. There's just a really nice scene with a very funny joke and it's like, oh yeah, these guys... It's probably the closest anybody has ever been to her. Um, Everybody kills... uh, Mantis really gets to... You get to see what she is when she's not working for Ego. And... She's a super fun character uh Batista, of course, just keeps on killing it. Karen Gillen stealthily gets in some really funny deliveries Kevin bacon's fun it's great uh it 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 is ridiculous and silly, and uh loved it can't wait for the next guardians movie next year um so those are. You know what let's just this is this has been running long and I don't want to I don't want to get into raccoons or sadness or anything so uh, I'm just gonna hit the franchise report and look the franchise report is winding down I am almost finished with the Marvels um, I'm gonna wrap up my Pierce Brosnan mini marathon and then Here, here's what the, the franchise report looks like in the future after I finish the Marvels, I'm going to do the Sam Raimi Spider-Mans and Spider-Verse, and then the Guillermo del Toro Hellboys. Um, and now that the Bonds are done, I've got one more Pierce Brosnan movie. I'm going to do Thomas Crown Affair. Then I'm going to watch the, the new Aqua Teen Hunger Force uh, direct-to-video movie, and then the Born series. So that's, that's seven more on either side. And when those are done, uh, I am going to do the Alien franchise and Police Academy. Uh, and since the Police Academies will most likely all be bad, I am also going to watch all the Coen Brothers movies in order, just so I get some quality in there. But I'll probably talk about those less because I'm, I'm not a... I, there's certain things I'm more equipped to talk about than, than other things. And, you know, I have more to say about Thor Ragnarok than I do about a serious man. And that's just where my capabilities as a person speaking extemporaneously lie. Uh, and the schedule was all weird for the weeks that I have missed. So I've got, I managed to watch two, I two Marvels and one Pierce Brosnan. I saw, uh, Rewatched Spider-Man No Way Home and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness both movies about a multiverse both of which have Doctor Strange in them love them both two of my favorites of the whole Marvel run uh I think I've talked about No Way Home several times uh but it is it just works so well uh bring in the other Spider-Man and uh you know, I, I've definitely talked a lot about it before, but it's a Spider-Man movie is gonna make me cry most of the time because uh, he's not my main guy, but I love Spider-Man and he almost never gets a clean win without some tragedy. And uh, nobody appreciates him and if I think of too much about it, I cry. And fairly recently I was on a date and I was trying to explain that and I almost cried. Uh, and it did not go well. Um, but this is, it's, uh, it is weird that these two movies sort of disagree on how the multiverse works, but I guess that's how the multiverse is. Like in Doctor Strange, every Doctor Strange is Benedict Cumberbatch and in Spider-Man, every Spider-Man is a different guy. And partly that's because other people have played Spider-Man. And, and also I think in Doctor Strange It's important that he see all these other Stranges as reflections of himself So uh, they sort of Need to be the same actor uh, You can do infinite things with the multiverse It's fine uh, But I do not like the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies But I think he does such a good job And He really gets to shine In this movie where he sort of Knows that his Universe is the worst one and just the three Peter Parkers sharing in this tragedy, but being friends is, oh God, it makes me want to cry thinking about it now. Uh, uh, oh my God, I blanked on his name. The guy who plays Norman Osborne. Oh no., uh, uh, Willem Defoe. Willem Defoe and uh, Alfred Molina as as Osborne and uh, Dr. Octopus there. God, those were like the original Marvel movie villains and they are still the best. Those are such good performances. Um, it's fun to see the other guys. Uh, Jamie Foxx's Electro was just so ill-conceived in the uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2, I think is the one he's in. And what they did with him was really fun. Uh, it's It's also very weird that Thomas Hayden Church was apparently never on set for any of the Sandman stuff. Like they, I think they might've just used scans from Spider-Man three. And the one time he appears as human when he, he's, he's changing back, that's they're rewinding the footage from Spider-Man three when he becomes Sandman. <laughs> so, I mean, he, he's credited as the, the voice, but he was clearly never on set. Uh, but it, it's great. I love the interactions with Doctor Strange. I love uh, Peter having to really sacrifice. And the end sort of... The end is done kind of with the knowledge that it might have been the last time they could use Spider-Man because they have that deal with Sony. But then it made a jillion dollars during the Omicron surge, and they're doing three more solo Spider-Man movies. But it gets him to a point where it can it could reasonably take him off the board for future crossovers because he he's forgotten so you don't have people going hey how come whatever happened to spider-man but it also sets up a status quo that was sort of what peter parker's life was when i was most heavily into to uh spider-man when i was a kid you know in his crummy apartment and he's uh you know, he's kind of out on his own and his high school supporting cast is gone and he's building that new cast. And also that one shot you see of his costume, his new costume is the exact comic accurate version of the classic Spider-Man. And it's so perfect. It makes me cry. Uh, And also seeing Matt Murdock is really cool, confirming that Daredevil exists. And we do see him later in She-Hulk. So he's having a good year. Love it. Multiverse of Madness. Holy smokes! This might be a top five Marvel for me because it is weird, uh, and it is a it is a sentimental favorite. It, it came out this year, and it's a sentimental favorite. Uh, this is the one I went to Vegas to watch with my friend Summer, uh, because we thought that would be fun, and it was. But uh, um, and me being a giant dork when Bruce Campbell appears on screen, I had to quickly explain everything about Bruce Campbell so she'd know why it was funny, even though he's a pizza salesman who's punching himself, so it's funny already. Um, A lot of interesting things. Uh, You know, it's a shame that Wanda goes full evil, but I think she needed to, and the end of WandaVision sort of points to that but I do think she'll be back and I think they will use her to kick off the X-Men in a few years. Um, but, uh, the, the, look, one thing I, 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 can't believe I didn't put it together at the time, but it always seemed weird that in the, when she goes to another universe to possess that Wanda, there's no vision. well, From what we see of that world, there's no Tony Stark. Instead, Reed Richards is the smartest man in the world. And it's sort of implied that his Ultron worked. And that brought about this new technological age. So if there's no Tony Stark, there is no Vision. So where do her kids come from? Doesn't matter. It's the multiverse. Probably still magic, but they just didn't disappear. Uh, Doesn't matter. But, I mean, it would be a bummer as a follow-up to WandaVision because... Uh, she goes so full villain, but I don't think her story's over. And just the amazing thing is how Sam Raimi this movie is. Like the the you think well it's a giant franchise and it's there it's a multiverse thing and there was a lot of talk that it was going to have be just full of cameos from non continuity Marvel movies and yeah we get uh, Charl or Patrick Stewart as Professor X but. You know, there are people... Oh, it's going to be Deadpool and the David Hasselhoff, Nick Fury. And no, it's just this universe has slightly different superheroes than ours. Uh, so I'm glad we didn't have to get too into multiversal maintenance. And, you know, it's the first Sam Raimi movie in seven years. and But his, his style is so prevalent throughout. Like, it is it is a wild movie for Marvel to just be... Yep, cool. I mean, that that is... It's genuinely scary. Uh, You know, he's done PG-13 horror before with Drag Me to Hell, which you watch and go, there's no way this is PG-13. It's terrifying. This has some really upsetting images and, you know, crazy ideas like uh, Doctor Strange possessing the corpse of Doctor Strange from another universe and then making a cloak out of the souls of the damned, who all talk like deadites from the Evil Dead series. You know, there's these Raimi... T- like, that camera is... That camera is moving. And uh, uh, there's this one transition where, where like, Wanda's Forest of Death. And there's, like, a... Like a suddenly, there's a low-res image of Wong superimposed over it, and then it cuts to Wong. And it's, like, this really 70s transition. And it's like, yeah, that's... That's what he did in Evil Dead. That should have been Bruce Campbell. Or there's a bit where the camera is just on its side for way longer than you'd expect it to be. Or even, you know, Wanda chasing them through the corridors, and it, it, it feels very Evil Dead, and it, it's Sam Raimi in full effect, which I didn't expect. And uh, I think Danny Elfman maybe did the score, and it is, but it's, like, it's blaring sometimes, just crazy horns, and it's exactly what you want from Sam Raimi, you know, and, and somehow he did it in this franchise where he had to lay down all the shoe leather to explain stuff and it's 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 kind of amazing uh and there's there's the where the two Dr. Stranges have a fight by bringing music to life is one of the best sequences in 30 movies uh love it uh I'm excited about the the new status quo with a corrupted Dr. Strange uh Charlize Theron showing up as Clea who, uh, for for context, in the 60s and 70s, kind of into the 80s, was Dr. Strange's love interest and also his apprentice, which kind of made him a creep, to be honest. She's largely forgotten now, uh, but it was cool to see that character. Um, I do hope when there is another Dr. Strange that they get back to mordo trying to kill all the sorcerers on earth because it seems like there's a lot of them yet and that was a setup in 2016's doctor strange and it is now six years later uh we still get mordo in this one but he's a parallel universe version but so he gets to be a villain but it's not our it's not our mordo and it's for different reasons so i'd just like to see that plot line picked up uh At this point, given their schedule, it'll probably sit dormant for 10 years. But let's see it. I have faith. You're not going to have him take Benjamin Bratt's spine and not pay it off. Uh, It's great. The post-credit scene of Bruce Campbell. Real funny. I can understand people being mad after they wait through the credits. They're wrong. It's great. 10 out of 10. It's got a big green talking bull man. Who inexplicably has prominent placement in the credits. Uh his name is Rintra. They do not explain what Rintra's deal is. Uh there are no other talking animal men. Uh who knows? Love it. Bring on more Rintra. I'm into it. Um Yeah. Black Bolt's head caving in is like the gnarliest thing that's been in a Marvel movie. Super cool. Way to go, Sam Raimi. Just cave that skull in. It's great. And then over in the uh, the post-James Bond era, I watched The Foreigner. Uh, That's directed by Martin Campbell, who did GoldenEye and Casino Royale, so the two best Bond movies. And it stars Jackie Chan and Pierce Brosnan. Uh, Jackie Chan is a grieving father whose daughter died in an IRA attack. Pierce Brosnan is a, a politician who used to be involved with the IRA and has gone legit. And... Basically, Jackie Chan takes it out on him. So it's interesting because neither one is the villain. Uh, From either's perspective, the other is the clear villain. But Pierce Brosnan has, you know, renounced violence and has nothing to do with the events of the movie. And Jackie Chan is making his life miserable to get the answers that he doesn't have. So they're both sympathetic antiheroes, maybe? I don't know what the thing to call it is, but it's... It's really it, it it's surprisingly good. Like Jackie Chan being serious but still doing Jackie Chan's stuff and sort of putting it in the context of oh, he's a danger. <laughs> um uh it 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 maybe doesn't have as strong a climax as you would hope, but I really enjoy it and it's Jackie Chan and Pierce Brosnan just kill it. Uh way to go, Martin Campbell. Uh, so yeah, Foreigner is recommended. It. It's not as good as The Matador, which is the one I thought Martin Campbell directed, and he didn't. But uh, uh, yeah. You know what? I'm not going to pass up a Pierce Brosnan. We'll, we'll watch uh, Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga. And the more Pierce, the better. Um, so yeah, next week we got Thor Love and Thunder, which will be the last of the Marvel rewatch because there's only one Marvel movie so far after that and that is Wakanda Forever which I just saw um and then we got the Thomas Crown affair and then that's it for our Pierce Brosnan mini marathon it's going to it's going to be a bummer when i'm done with Marvel movie having a Marvel movie to watch every week but i guess i'm following it up with four other spider-man movies so it, it that, that'll be like methadone it'll be fine Um, hey, that's, oh, wait, no, that's not it. I forgot to mention our sponsor, which again is not Brad's corner, but, uh, still go on Instagram, follow Ambient Architecture Studios, uh, get that man, get that man some followers. Uh, brought to you by Tease by Summer, com. Hey, uh, you know what? Let me, let me tell you, I'm going to tell you two things. One of which is uh, Sunday, Conor O'Malley is doing a show in, in Grand Rapids, and I'm going to go see that. And given that the man is a cast member of I Think You Should Leave, I clearly have to wear a Tease by Summer shirt. And if I am able to get a picture with Conor O'Malley in my... Uh, honestly, it's probably going to be the new Car Ideas uh, shirt, because that really stands out as, as being an excellent design. Uh, if I get a picture where I'm wearing that shirt and I'm with Conor O'Malley, that'll be the best thing ever, right? Uh, and also, uh, the the This Water Doesn't Stink water bottle. I have been going back to the gym sporadically because I am still very afraid of viruses. But uh, I take... It's, you know, it's a smaller water bottle, which is perfect. I don't need a big wonky thing that's going to call attention to itself. I just... Hey, I'm on the treadmill. I need a little bit of water when I'm done. That's a really—it is an extremely high-quality water bottle. I cannot emphasize that enough. But uh, I'm—I've I've got my bottle, and a strange gym lady approached me and said, "I like that water bottle." Which a strange lady at the gym never approached me; they stay away from me. Uh, but hey. You know, what that what that means is not only is this water bottle cool enough that it was worth approaching me to say something, this weirdo. uh, But it is so well designed that she could read what it said from far away. Yeah, this is. I can't get over what a good designer she is and how, how good she is at letter design. There's probably a real name for what that is. I don't know it but I know when it's good and this is good uh, so yeah strange gym lady uh, thumbs up from her did I tell her where where she could get that water bottle yes I did for me that's flirting uh, which is to say I pass along some information to help move some merch um, so yeah check out com. Uh, still, you still have time to order something and get it for Christmas. Uh, I just ordered something uh, because I had... My original idea was all, all of my guests I was going to get a Tease by Summer item for to thank them for being a guest. But at some point, when my guests are not people I've known for 15 to 20 years, it gets weird to say, where do you live in? This store is legit 500. That's, man for that that's so good that's i mean that that's a that's a great achievement but i got the thing look i'm not gonna dox anybody Haley lives in canada i ordered this thing last week she's she's set to have it next week so if you live in america place an order you will have it by christmas you want a strange lady at the gym? I keep saying strange as if she was weird. I'm just saying strange in the sense that she is a stranger to me. Uh, if you want a lady at the gym to talk to you about your cool water bottle, you know what to do. Teasedbysummer.com. The best. Uh, okay, that's it. Uh, you can watch my bad movie reviews on TikTok at EJ Fetis. You can Twitter me at EJ Fetis or Instagram at EJ underscore Fetis. Uh, And if you know somebody who... Know somebody or some program that can help with rudimentary video editing. Uh, hit me up at fedtalks at yahoo.com. Um, and I guess that's it. Uh, the Ape Hive, I need to write some stuff for that. I have been doing a bad job. Um, but honestly, I, I'm, I'm sad, and I have so many more Hellboy comics to read. So look, I don't know how to balance this out. Uh, but yeah, check out The Ape Hive. I will have more content coming once I get my act together. Um, that's it. Thanks for listening. Sorry this went long. I'll be back next week. We'll talk about a raccoon. We'll talk about Thor Love and Thunder, which has a raccoon in it. We'll talk about The Thomas Crown Affair, which I, when I saw it for the first time in college, I thought was maybe the sexiest movie I'd ever seen. We'll see if that holds up. Uh, got a lot ahead of us. Uh, if you haven't listened to the Crank 2 commentary, check that out. It was fun to do. I love that movie. Uh, a lot of the commentary is me just laughing and cheering. Uh, but I, I dare you not to have that reaction to Crank 2 High Voltage. All right, that's it. Thanks for being cool. I will talk to you later. Fed Talks is a Faux Boys production. Wah, 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 wah.